So the last couple of weeks, um, I think it was two weeks ago, Dad talked about, um, he started off our sociology with, well, he finished psychology and started sociology with um, talking about God making us a new man. So when we ask Jesus as Lord into our lives, he recreates us and makes us a new creation and a new man. And then Liz last week talked about um, a new society. So that new man, God then takes us and puts us into a new society, out of the old society, the world. And that new society is the body of Christ, the church. So we are, in essence, the new society. Um, Something that Liz said um, in her sermon last week that kind of hit home to me for this sermon that I was preparing She said, we need to be quickened to the idea that society wants to run from God. We need to bring them towards God. And so this leads me to today what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to, this is going to be a bit youthy, so sorry to all of the adults, but this is mainly for the youth. I mean, everybody should be able to get something out of it, I hope. Um, But yeah, this is about pop culture. And so this is the society that is pop culture. So, God's intent and purpose. I'm going to look at what God has planned for the church and what he wants us to do. In Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that's like our, that's the Great Commission. That's our I guess, um, calling as a church, as people of God. He's called us to go out into all the world and, like Liz said, bring them back towards him. And then in Matthew 13, 33, it's got a parable and it says, The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now, I used to work at Subway. For all of you Subway people that used to work at Subway, yay! Um... And when I opened the store, it would be like a wake up at the crack of dawn thing and set up the store and you'd have to put all the fruit and, like, not fruit, the veggies out and everything, the salads and prep everything. And making the bread was one of the things that I had to do. I really liked making the bread. I thought I was kind of cool. I'm a bread maker. Um, But it was basically just like you get a frozen stick of bread dough and put it in a tray and then... You spray it with water and then you score it and put all the herbs and spices and all the things we like on it. So it was interesting to watch the bread because there's yeast in that dough. When it's frozen, obviously, it's not going to do anything. It's, it's like a sausage. It just looks like this skinny little thing. And you put it in your tray and the tray is a mold that is about this big. Well, each one's about that big. There's four of them in a tray. So this little skinny sausage in the middle of the tray looks like... Uh, first one I did, I was like... That's going to be bread? That's so weird. And then what happens is you spray water on it and you score it. And as you're spraying the water on it and the humidity in the room and everything, the bread starts to expand and starts to get bigger. Not like huge, like you would if you put it in the oven, but it starts to expand. And then you chuck it in the oven and about half an hour later you get these big, fat, round rolls of bread, the Subway rolls. And so that is what the parable is talking about, that yeast. The yeast is what makes that bread rise. And there's bubbles in that bread. And that's why it turns into this big, round, awesome, fluffy thing of bread. <laughs> um, 
And that's, that's what God's wanting us to be. He wants us to be that bubble. Bubble through the world, he says. I want you to go and bubble. Make, it, make the world rise with me. Go work through the whole loaf. And in Ephesians 3, verse 10 and 11, it says this. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God intended for the church to tell of the mysteries of God. So all the amazing, wonderful things about God that we find out anew every day. God intended for us, that was our mission, to go and tell everybody that throughout the world. And it says, in the scripture it says, to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. So not just every person, but he wants us to tell the devil. Say it out loud. Tell the devil, you've already lost. Jesus has already won over you. So that's what, that's what he's given us to do. And so God's purpose for our new society is to take the truth, which is the message of the cross, which is that yeast from the parable, and we need to spread that throughout the world, that God might change the world by us doing that. But we've got a little bit of a problem. This is the current society situation of the world. This Second Timothy verse pretty much sums it up from what I've been going through with this sermon. Okay, so it says, But mark this. There will be, t- there will be terrible times in the last days. Will be, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. And then in Matthew twenty-four twelve, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I was looking at this scripture and I, um, in, on Blue Letter Bible, and I was just looking at all the different translations and things like that. And the King James Version kind of puzzled me. It says, The love of many shall wax cold. What is wax? So I looked up the Strong's and it said, Wax is to breathe or blow, to cool by blowing. So this from hot to cold, from passionate to nothing, it's not a sudden change. It's not like a, that's it, wow, I'm all of a sudden cold. It's not a, you wake up one morning and you go, wow, I just have a sudden change of heart about God. It's not that. It's this slow and gradual cooling that sometimes we don't even notice that we're cooling off. So that's what it says in Matthew 24. That's what's going to happen in the end times because of the increase of wickedness. So everything that it said in 2 Timothy, loves of money, boastful, proud, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, because of all of that, we're just going to slowly cool off for those of us who don't have nothing to do with that. All right, so I'm looking at how this cooling happens. And um, for this particular sermon, I mean, you could look at a ton of ways of how this happens, but for this particular sermon, I'm going to focus my three points on uh, the music industry and pop music. Since I'm a, a bit of a muso, I do a bit of singing and all that kind of thing. Um, music's always something that's interests me. So I find it interesting to see where the music industry is going and to look into it. I'm not sure if many of you have, but 
It's interesting. Okay, so here's the three things. Deception, distraction, and compromise. This is what happens when we start to cool. First, we're going to go with deception. What is the deception? What is the lie? It's just. I don't know if you've heard it before. Lots of people say it to justify whatever it is. It's just. What is it just in terms of music? It's just music. It's just a song. It's just entertainment. It's just a cool trend. It's just fashion. It's just their artistic expression. So this it's just principle it gets us because if it's just a song and if it's just a cool like lyrics and music and it's just some great entertainment for us to, us to watch, it doesn't really matter then what the song actually means, what the artist is actually trying to say, what the artist actually stands for, and if they have a moral standing or anything. That doesn't matter if it's just a song and it's just some nice fashion they're wearing and entertainment and all that kind of thing. So the lie is that it's just all surface level. There's nothing else to it. And it doesn't have any moral consequence. And we justify the lie. We justify the lie and become blind to the fact that it all means something. All right. Here's just some of the stuff that I've been looking at with in terms of music and the artists. Some of you probably don't have any idea who these people are. Some of you do. I've chucked in Madonna and the Beatles for some of your older people so that everybody can kind of relate here. All right. The whole way the entertainment industry has packaged artists means something. Everything is done for a reason. I want you to just have a look here because I've picked all of these for a particular reason. Okay. Top left-hand corner, her name is Beyonce. She's one of my favourites in terms of, not favourite singer, she's one of my favourites in terms of analysing her and picking her apart because she's loaded with lots of stuff. Just an example of the stuff that we bypass because we think it's just this cool thing, motorbike head that she's holding in front of her. Can anybody see the goat head? There's also a little goat head like at the top in between those two like handlebar things, a little silver goat head there too. Does anybody know what that goat head symbolizes? Anybody want to tell me? It, Satan. It symbolizes Satan. What it is is there's an idol um, that has been created, a god, I guess, that has been created, and it's a goat. It's called the Baphomet, and that is the goat that they've basically said... We make this like it is Satan, but it's a goat. So obviously it isn't Satan because Satan doesn't look like that. And we don't know what he looks like. But we've had him as our idol as if like, we worship him as we would Satan type of thing. So that's the Baphomet. Down the bottom left-hand corner, you probably won't notice this until I put up the next slide, which goes over the top of these pictures. But she's, that's Lady Gaga. She's also doing the Baphomet-like pose. Okay, next one, moving on. Big, fat, obvious one right in the middle on the bottom there. Madonna. Does anybody know what that triangle is? <laughs> Darren Bray will know every answer. Um, this is a pyramid. 
And it's not just any pyramid. There's a little eye and the top of that pyramid. The all-seeing eye. This is a symbol. It's a symbol that gets used all the time. If you have a look up the top, we've got Jay-Z, who's infamous for doing these ones. People think that this is just a triangle or it's just a diamond or whatever he wants to call it. He's like a poster boy, pretty much, for the Illuminati. And that symbol there, that triangle symbol, is the Illuminati triangle. Illuminati is basically an organization that um, puts people up into higher power of government so that they can run things. And the Illuminati will bring in the Antichrist at the end times. So this is, this is interesting to look out for these things. So that's the middle two. In the end two, we've got these ones. Come on. Does anybody know what these ones are? This is the devil's horns. Everybody knows this is the devil's horns. It's not just some cool hand symbol. I mean, you can do like hang ten or whatever if you go on surfing, but this is something different. This means something. And the Beatles are doing that too. And then we've got some of these ones. Do you know what these ones are? This is a 666 symbol. Why do they all do it if it doesn't mean anything? Why do we get these everywhere if it doesn't mean anything? Why do we dick these everywhere if it doesn't mean anything? Why does this happen? Why do they wear the triangles? Why are they all for the goat's head? If you look at Lady Gaga stuff, I'm not encouraging you to, but if you happen to and you see goat's head stuff, she's all for that goat. All for it. It's all over her stuff. Why do they do it if it doesn't mean anything? So these are the, there's some of them. So that's the Baphomet on the far left. And then we've got the Illuminati, Illuminati Triangle, which happens to be on the backside of the American dollar bill. And then we've got, like, the hands doing Illuminati eye. So that's just some of the stuff. I mean, you can look into it. There's all sorts of things if we look back at, like, that's one big fat goat's head in the middle there. Um, we've got the 666 eye again. That's just Jay-Z and everyone's doing this thing. He... They do this because people don't know what it means, so everybody does it. And in doing it, they get satisfaction because they know what it means. And if they're getting everybody to do it, it's like, yes, we're pushing home something that we don't... Nobody knows what it is, but it's hidden in plain sight. It's in your face. Okay. So that, that finishes... Oh, with it in terms of the deception... Contrary to our justification, so it's just, we keep doing that all the time. It's not just the trendy, upbeat music and what they wear and the fact that it's entertainment and their cool demeanor, like they're all like pop starry. It's the message that's underlining and entwined in the music and its artist. I'm going to go back because I'm not right, ready for that yet. Um, if you're not, if you don't really aren't really savvy with that kind of stuff, all that underlying stuff. Some people, some Christian people that I've talked to, they get stuck because they look at an artist and they say, but they've got a really amazing voice. Like if you break down these people, they've got a talent, they've got a gift. And so these Christian people get stuck because they're like, I really like that artist because of their voice. And so they dismiss all of the underlying things, not to mention like the provocative clothing and all that type of thing that it, these people promote, they dismiss that all, all because they've got this amazing talent. So that God-given ability that person has been given gets used 
it was meant for good, but it gets used for bad, and it lures in Christian people. And this is where the cooling can start. We just get lured a little bit. I really like the sound of that song. She's got a really amazing voice. I love how she hits that note and just carries it through. I'm going to keep playing that song. So this is when we start to get distracted. We get consumed by this kind of thing. And when you start to like a song, I mean, songs these days are so catchy. I just listen to the stuff on the radio and it's like they repeat this line over and over and over and over and over again. And you wonder why it gets stuck in your head because they've repeated it about five times. And when it gets stuck in your head, sometimes you can go, hey, that's cool. I might like go and buy that off iTunes. Or I might go and see what else they've got going on because they've got a really nice sound. I like the sound. So because it's in our heads so much, you find yourself singing it. It starts coming out of your mouth. And because it comes out of your mouth, you start believing it. You believe the things that they're saying in the song. And because you start believing all the things that they're saying in the song, you start having this connection with artists and with their music and with all of the things that they produce. You have this like sort of emotional connection because you've got an emotional connection to the songs that they sing. So this is where it starts. And we put the headphones in our ears and we switch on the radio, we switch on the TV if it's like MTV or whatever. This can apply to anything, TV shows, all that kind of thing. We switch it on, switch on the CD player and we lose ourselves, just get lost. Lost in that Adele singing about she broke up with her boyfriend and I felt like that too when I broke up with my boyfriend and oh my goodness, we have such a connection. You lose yourself in that. I heard this quote. Um, it was on a YouTube video, all about this kind of thing. I wanted to show bits of it, but the quality's not that awesome. Um, but it's really interesting to watch. And I heard this quote by Alex Jones, who's a radio show host for an alternate news program in, over in America. He's all for this kind of thing. And so he was saying, <clears throat> it's a weapon to blind people from the majesty and the beauty, beauty that is creation and to blind people from their families and their children and just the amazing life force that's all around us. It's there for a reason. It's there to distract you. It's there to blind you. It's there to lure you in. And so since every song, well, pretty much every song, I mean, there's not that many out there that aren't about this kind of thing. Since they're all about you and all about how you feel, me, 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 and they're all about my love story and my broken heart and my boyfriend or my girlfriend and how awesome I am and all about me, me, me all the time, we get so wrapped up in us and we are looking in all the time at us. Put the headphones in, looking in. How do I feel? What do I, like... What do I think about the world? Let's listen to a song about that. We get all wrapped in. We forget to look out. We forget to see just the beautiful things that are around us, the beautiful people that are around us. We forget to do that because we're too tuned in. Or I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. I can't. Are you saying something to me? can't hear you. Oh, it's about me. Oh, yeah. We get lost. As soon as we put them in. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is the image of God. And I remember a sermon from ages ago. Dad was saying 
how God speaks to us. Three ways. Put your hand up if you can remember what the three ways are that God speaks to us. Interesting. First one, he speaks to us through one big obvious one, the word of God. Second one, he speaks to us through other people, you and me. Third one, he speaks to us through creation, what's outside, what's around us, what he's created. That's how he speaks to us. And if we get so wrapped up and entwined in this stuff, how is God going to speak to us? How do we hear if we are, what? Are you saying something? I can't hear you. Oh, my favorite song's on. Sorry. So this leads us to compromise. This is where we compromise our faith. What is compromise? Compromise is the acceptance of standards that are lower than desirable. I like this definition. You accept something that is lower than what you desired to do. So let's have another look at Ephesians 3, verse 10 and 11 that I mentioned at the start. It says, His intent, meaning God's intent, was that now, through the church, through us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Manifest. This may be a bit of like one of those words that the young people go, don't know what that is. Manifest means display or show by one's acts or appearance to demonstrate. So when it says that I'm having a dad moment, this is not good. It said, I'm not going to close in prayer. I refuse. It said manifest somewhere. I can't. Made known. That's right. In a different, in the King, this is why I get lost because I've written these down the NIV, but in the King, New King James, it says manifest instead of made known. So to manifest is where it says he manifests to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms in the um, New King James. In this version, it says made known. So God displays to us his wisdom. He displays that to us. So we might display it out. And then rather than display that wisdom of God, we make manifest all of the stuff that we've learnt through our headphones, through our TV, through the radio, we make, we show, we outwardly display all of that stuff, and we find ourselves gossiping about it. Have you seen what such and such wore to the such and such awards? Wow, isn't so amazing? Blah blah blah. blah. We preach it. We go and talk to our friends about it. We mimic it. Oh my word. They have YouTube videos of seven-year-old little girls doing this dance to Beyonce wearing barely anything. I was so flabbergasted that, one, their mothers would let them, and two, it's in front of like this massive big audience of people and everyone's cheering and going crazy and these little girls are doing this dance to this provocative music wearing provocative clothes. We mimic it and we let our children mimic it and we think that it's cool, and we think that it's cute, and we think that it's like all hip and now. What in the world? (laughs) We share it. This is for our Facebook people. We share it. We like it. We post it. It becomes part of what we do. It becomes part of what we listen to, what we talk about. It is what we manifest. And Jesus says in John 14 verse 21, 
He says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and, here's that word again, manifest myself to him. So if you love God, and to love God is to what? Obey God. So to love is to obey, to do what he says. If we do that, then he will manifest himself to you. He will display himself. He will show himself to us. He will show us more of his character, revealing those secret, those mysteries that it talked about in the scripture I read before. And by doing that, he does that to us so that we might become more like him, more godly, more Christ-like. But as that, the scripture is like an if. But if we compromise and we trade that truth of God for a lie, that's fed to us all the time, we become more like what? Exactly what we're putting into ourselves. We become more like the world and less like God. We accept standards that are lower than what God desires for us. Compromise. We compromise. So if this is our dilemma and this is our problem, what do we do? What can we do to get back to where we should be? Romans 12 verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That just says it all. We need to change our mind, change our thinking, change what we think is cool and what we think is nice to listen to and what we think is just a song, just music. We need to change that in our head. To, conf- to conform is to behave socially acceptable. But if it's socially acceptable to become deceived and distracted and compromise our faith, then we need to break out of that because there's something seriously wrong with that. In closing, I'm going to go back to Second Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5. All right, have a listen. And I want you to think about the images that we saw before with those people. And think about their ideals too. Like, think about the whole fame thing. It's about what? It's about money. It's about people knowing you. It's about the power that that brings. It's about being able to do whatever you want to do. And they promote that to us. And this is what Second Timothy warns us about. It says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then the end, this is the crux of it have nothing to do with them. We have to separate ourselves from the world. We have to be in the world, not of it, but reaching out to it. And that requires a level of separation. We can't let ourselves get caught up in that me, 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 
me, everything I listen to is about me mindset. We have to look out, take those headphones off, turn that radio off, turn that TV off, whatever it is that's always on, that's always consuming you, that's just dragging you in and binding you up, turn it off, shut it out, look out. Look at the people in your family, converse, sit down at the dinner table and talk to each other. Look outside, look at the things that God has made for us. They're there for a reason. We have to let him change our minds about our whole just theory. We have to let him convict us about it's just a song. Mom, it's just a song. It's just a dress she's wearing. It's just a TV show. You have to get convicted about it. And if you don't get convicted about that, this is where we need to ask God to do that for us. We have to see that the things of this world are exactly that. They are of this world. And it's once we've done this that we can truly be like that yeast that I talked about in Matthew 13, that works through the whole of the society that we're in to make it different, to make it light, to be that bubbly that makes a difference. Let's pray.